0: America. I am not a
2: number. I am a free man. Wiggins, America.
1: The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude.
0: Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes.
3: Welcome to Wiggins, America. These notes are marked return to sender. I'll save this letter for myself. I wish you only knew good it is to sing. 97.1
0: FM Talk. This is Wiggins America. Thank you so much for being up with us early. Let's get right to our guest here. We've talked about January 6th a little bit this, uh, this show. But I, I wanted to bring on Michael Letts. He's the CEO and founder of Invest USA. Do a lot of great grassroots nonprofit work. Uh, chief among which is uh, helping buy equipment for police officers. Right, Michael?
2: That's correct. We provide uh, active shooter vests and concealable vests for officers in need, and we have quite a few of them that are still in need across the country.
0: So uh, let's get right into this January 6th stuff. Let me walk down just the questions list that I have here. First of all, and we've talked about this quite a bit this week with even some congressional representatives and things, saying that Nancy Pelosi seems really reluctant to put out all of the evidence that they have from what happened on January 6th. Why is that? Is, is Pelosi actually hiding things or is just this the way things go?
2: No, I would tend to believe that it is something's being hidden. I think, see, that is what's so concerning to law enforcement, is if you're going to do an investigation, make sure you have full transparency. You should not already have reached a foregone conclusion and then try to make your issues fit into that narrative. It never works that way. The only way it works is if you have full disclosure and all the facts on the table. And quite frankly, Pelosi was very involved with the sergeant-at-arms. She had ample alert ahead of time, days ahead of time, about the rally being held, her concern that it may bleed over into some kind of a protest. They had been offered the National Guard twice, declined it. And so because of that, we want to see all the transcripts, all the emails, all the texts that are part of this investigation, part of everything that transpired on that day and the days prior. And when you refuse to make it public, the public has a right to question why.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about all the video evidence that's there because you're talking about somewhere that's that's highly recorded. You know, this is the Capitol building. It's not as if uh, you needed a, some random satellite footage. There's cameras everywhere there, and so in the building, outside the building, but we haven't seen all of it. And congressional representatives, Republicans themselves in Congress, are asking. Why aren't we seeing all of this? But that could change if Republicans take back the House. We're talking a year away, but it still could happen, right?
2: There's no question. You were talking about 14,000, not 14, not 1,400, 14,000 hours of video still to be released. Uh, That begs the question, why? What will the videotapes show that we don't want the general public to know? Because you remember the narrative is very simple. The narrative is that a crowd of supporters were stirred up and made an attempt to do a basic coup on the government, on the U.S. Capitol. The problem where it breaks down is that was a coup attempt. That's the most inept coup attempt I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> there were no weapons. There was no contingency plan. There were no layouts as to you know who takes what. What doors need to be smashed in? What did not, et cetera, et cetera? And does it show? Here's the key question. And, of course, we've already seen some video that was taken by individuals that answers these questions. Did the Capitol, U.S. Capitol Police, facilitate and allow people in without warning or without trying to keep them from access to it? Or is it, as the narrative is, that we stormed the Capitol and Busted through doors, busted through gates, and uh, like an old-time movie where you have battering ramps. Can't find any evidence at the moment.
0: We're talking with Michael Letts this morning. He's the CEO and founder of Invest USA. So let's talk about that a little bit with the law enforcement procedures. Did you see that they they were breached? You know, were, were did law enforcement handle this correctly? They did
2: not. And uh, here's why we can make that with such an authoritative statement. First of all, on a sworn uh, deposition given at the U.S. Capitol in prior hearings, they knew, the U.S. Capitol police knew, so did the sergeant at arms, so did the Speaker of the House, their concern, because they expressed it, their concern about a rally and could it bleed over into a protest at the U.S. Capitol. So, having been given ample warning, first of all, there should have been a contingency plan in place. Equipment should have been passed out. Riot gear, if they really believed that there was a threat. Riot gear should have been in place in all stations. They should have beefed up the presence of the U.S. Capitol Police. They should have had a reserve, i.e. the National Guard. You did have to have them standing there, but you should have certainly had them in reserve waiting should there be a breach and should they be needed. We can find no evidence of any contingency plans. Of course, they refuse to give us the records. So was there a contingency plan developed that was not followed? Was there a contingency plan that was developed that they don't want you to see that actually encouraged people to come into the US Capitol? All these are very pertinent questions. And for the American public, we expect, we demand, we expect transparency. That's the only way you have confidence in an investigation. All the facts on the table, good or bad, you take where the truth leads you. And we're not getting that out of our government at this moment.
0: Yeah, Michael, you know, there's so many different little points of reference, little storylines and things that, you know, facts and figures that we're all aware of from last January that have been made (laughs) been made public for over a year now. One of them is Ashley Babbitt. You know, she was shot inside the Capitol. How, How can a police officer because this is, to me, maybe this is normal, maybe it's not, but a Capitol Police officer shot her, killed her. And Correct. as as of present, I've not heard really anything. I don't know. Maybe this has been publicized, but not much because I haven't seen it. I don't know who the officer is. Certainly, I haven't seen any disciplinary action or anybody really asking a question of why that happened of the officer.
2: The question has been raised. Why would you discharge your weapon when there is no immediate threat? She did not have a weapon. She was not even standing or poised in a position to create an imminent threat. She was crawling through a window. So, I mean, she's not lunging at you with a knife or lunging at you with some object that will cause you bodily harm or members that are around you. Uh, there it literally is no excuse from a procedural standpoint as why that firearm was discharged. And for there to have quickly been, the speaker helped make sure that there was a quick internal investigation. First of all, you don't do internal investigations, not on shootings involving an officer. It's always passed over to another agency. This one was done internally. I was shocked that that would stand, that they would not ask for an outside audit investigation. The internal audit just simply said he was justified in using deadly force, gave no rationale, no reason. He was justified because of A, B, C, and D. There was no rationale, and justification, just a blanket statement. He was justified. Case closed. Never seen one done that way. No other law enforcement in any other place seen it done that way. That begs the question: Why?
0: We're speaking with Michael Letts. He's the CEO and founder of Invest USA. And up to this point, you know, I'm asking you factual questions. You're giving me factual answers, and that's exactly what I wanted because. There's a lot of times that the facts get overlooked for political purposes. But I I do want to ask your opinion as somebody who's watched this happen for a year or just as an American who's been watching this happen for a year. uh, The January 6th commission, of course, is, in my opinion, highly partisan. Apparently, that's in America's opinion. (laughs) That's according to polling. um, Most Americans think that that is a highly partisan commission. Uh, even if they agree with it, they do believe it is a partisan thing. So let me ask you this. What is the point of it? Why do you think that they continue to beat that drum? They want to make it news. They keep grabbing it and saying, look at this. Why? Well, I think it's a
2: very simple explanation that we can all understand. It is conservatism that they're after. It's the exact opposite of their values. They are attempting to take away the last freedom this country enjoys to make it a third-world country, to make it a socialist, communist country. They can't do that when the vast majority of Americans are seeing, first of all, the beginning results and fruits of that. Look at the crime rate across the country. Highest it's ever been on homicides, property crimes, smash and looting. Americans do not want to live in fear. That's where they're at today. So the Republican, I mean, the Democratic Party, is attempting to make sure that we squash anybody who has conservative values, make them think twice about being public about their values, gathering together to protest policies that they feel like are wrong, or gathering together to support conservative values for people they think are doing the right thing. They've got to destroy the will of the American people to resist. It's the only way they can take over. And this was one effort that they're trying to do. They're trying to send a very clear message. You want to believe in conservative values? You want to have character? Well, guess where it's going to get you? It's going to get you in jail if you do anything close about that, because look at what happened to the quote-unquote protesters. Hundreds of them locked up, still in jail after a year, without bond, without due process. Not only is it unconstitutional, it's unheard of, unprecedented in American history. That's what dictators do. That's what communists do. And that's where they're headed with this country unless we stand up, and we are the majority. No question in my mind, the vast majority of Americans do not support that platform. They want law and order, and they want values that work, and those are conservative values. We've demonstrated that. They know that. So this is a ditched effort to send a clear message. If you believe in conservative values, stay home. Keep your mouth shut. It's not going to work.
0: Michael, let's thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let me give you the opportunity to just tell people if they want to find out more about your organization, grassroots nonprofit organization called Invest USA. Where do they find that?
2: They can go to our website, investusa.org. It's charity.org. There's a litter of things you can do to support the thin blue line, which is crumbling. We need to shore it up to make sure we continue to preserve life, liberty, and freedom in the United States of America. Thank you so much for your opportunity, and God bless you, and God bless America.
0: Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you. Appreciate your organization and your time this morning. More coming up next on Wiggins America. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
2: You have 47
3: new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey
0: app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. I want to get your thoughts on something this morning. This is Wiggins America, 97.1. Thank you for tuning in again. A couple of topics to hit in this segment. One, I want to get your thoughts on because I have, I have a feeling that I know once I read the headline how you'll feel about it. Because I had the initial same reaction. So let me do that. The headline is, Manchin, Joe Manchin floats modest Senate changes, as in Senate rule changes. So the key word there being modest, because he's not talking about necessarily altering the filibuster. Your initial reaction to that? Probably the same as mine. You go, nope, don't do it. But I looked into exactly what he's willing to change, and let me make a case for you here. So it says that Joe Manchin on Tuesday night floated smaller changes to the Senate rules, and they've been talking about this all week. Uh. Short of the filibuster reforms being pushed by Democrats. So Democrats are, <clears throat> I mean, it's its really awful the way the Democrat leadership in the Senate is doing this. Uh, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm approaching this objectively. This is something that even if the Republicans in Senate, let's say they had a 50 seat majority, <laughs> which is the opposite of a majority. Uh, but let's say it was the, the opposite was true. And you had a Republican in the White House, same Senate. So you had the same 50-50 split, but you had the tiebreaker going to Republicans. And they were saying, let's get rid of the filibuster. Well, first of all, you're not in a position to do that. If you're one seat short, you know, you got 59 Republicans or 59 Democrats, and you think, man, we could get a lot more done, like they did in 2009, um, right before Ted Kennedy died, and they voted a Republican into the Senate for, for Massachusetts, of all places. Because that healthcare law was so unpopular, <clears throat> let's say we're in that situation. Excuse me, I don't. I still don't know that that would be the right thing to do, but you could see how it would be really frustrating being one seat short, or or you your one independent short, like they were at the time. The senator from uh, Nebraska at the time was kind of the tiebreaker. I can't remember his name, um, but this is not that. There, there's no mandate here. This is people who. Barely. I mean, they have the most razor thin majority possible trying to ram things through. And you're not talking about little things. You're talking about massive changes to the way we vote. You're talking about changing the United States voting laws federally based on a carve out. So what they're trying to do is alter the way. How do I explain this? Get past the filibuster Only once for this one law so that they can change the way everybody votes that will benefit Democrats, of course, and then restore the filibuster back to normal, except for any time they also want to do a carve out. So it's basically saying we're going to keep the filibuster except when we don't like it. We're just going to carve out for this, and then carve out for this. Well, effectively, that eliminates the filibuster forever because anybody who ever wants to get anything passed who has a majority is going to say, "Okay, well, we'll just do a carve out for this one." For everything, forever. That's ridiculous and terrible. Objectively, that's that's a terrible idea. If you want to keep the filibuster at all, if you want to get, why not just get rid of it at that point? It's just dishonest, is what it is. So anyway, these changes that Mansion is apparently okay with doing that if he's okay with it now you need cinema on board but then you could have 50 senators and the tiebreaker of harris voting for this this could become a reality some of these things i'm actually okay with um he says first of all i think the filibuster needs to be in place any way shape or form that we can do it great let's keep the filibuster boom uh cinema said the same thing so the filibuster is probably not going anywhere he said though Uh, a rule change that he would be okay with seeing would be moving things more through committees. And the reason for that being, and I don't know if they have the idea of committees. I don't care about committees. But I'm sure they do, but we don't. That's all inside baseball. The reason they would do that, though, is that right now, if somebody wants to push an agenda item through the Senate and it doesn't, it it can clear the filibuster. So let's say it's like a budget item. A single Senator can stop things from happening. Maybe even that's judges. There's probably a lot of things that this applies to that. A single Senator can stop and say, no, it has to go through this long process. Well, that eats up lots and lots of days on the Senate floor. And they're saying, let's reform it to where one Senator can't basically eat up all this time. Well, as the minority party right now, I'm okay with that because you want to delay anything that the Democrats are trying to get through that's bad, which I don't see much that they're trying to do that's good. And they're trying to spend a lot of money. Some people like that. I don't like that, especially when inflation's super high. But if they did this, you're probably saying, well, Ryan, why would you want to give Democrats that power? Why well, don't? Um, but they've already killed over a year of their 50-50. Take take a broader approach to this. So you can disagree with me, but, but just take a step back for a second. Who do you think in the map that exists right now for the next, let's say 10 to 20 years, maybe even beyond that map, the Senate map of the United States benefits Republicans. I'm not saying you could never have a Democrat majority right now. You'd Barely, barely do. And that was supposed to be a good Democrat year, 2020, right? So going forward, you're going to see Republicans in charge of the Senate more often than Democrats, just based on the map. Wouldn't you rather see Republicans be able to get things through a little bit quicker overall? or The Senate in general, get things through a little bit quicker overall. And that would benefit Republicans more times than not makes sense, right? Here's one thing I do like about what Joe Manchin's saying. He said he'd rather than do a 50-50 vote to change these rules, he'd rather have some Republican support. Generally speaking, when you talk about rule changes to a Senate or the House of Representatives or anything, bipartisan rule changes are best. And I mean that to Republicans too. I don't just mean that it's something that we should only do when Democrats are in power and then say bipartisanship and then when we're in power, do whatever we want. I think rule changes to the Senate The best thing possible is to have them be bipartisan your thoughts let me know you can contact me at radio wiggins yes i'm still on twitter and i've been working on getter (laughs) we'll see you can contact me on there but i'm i'm working on making that my primary platform instead of twitter it's just it's just changing habits but you can also contact me on facebook or wigginsamerica.com any of those spots are great let's get to this Wow, Wiggins America. KFC is going to begin making plant-based chicken. That, that's not actually the item I was going to get to. I got a better one than that. But I wanted to mention it. I saw it as a headline. It's so stupid. And of course, if you listen to the Andy Fry Show, you've heard me talk about how I won free chicken for a year. Yeah, a KFC opened in our building, happened to walk down there at the right moment. I was one of the first 50 customers in the door, and I won free they say free chicken for you. This is how these things work. You know, they say free for a year, but really it's only on every Tuesday. You can go and get one of a couple different, <laughs> the worst meals. <laughs> so I'm not complaining, but <laughs> the, the advertisement is a little bit bigger than the, the prize. Uh, but anyway, I go down there a lot because of that now, <laughs> and I will for this whole year. Cause I got it in November and, um, I, am, are you going to try plant-based chicken? This thing seems like a oxy, oxymoron to me. If it's plant-based, it is inherently then not chicken, unless you've figured out how to grow a chicken like a plant. It's not chicken. Will you try it? I don't know. I probably will. I'll try anything. I tried the Impossible Burger at Burger King, <clears throat> and uh, you know, I thought it tasted fine, but. It tore my stomach up. I'm not going to buy it again. That's the great thing about these things. Who cares? Plant-based chicken. Go for it. Does it work? Does it kill people? No. Go for it. <laughs> Let the market decide. Uh, if people love it, then it'll succeed. If people don't want to buy it because it tears their stomach up on the backside, <laughs> then it ain't going to work. <clears throat> That's fine. Let's do that. The question is, will you buy it personally? I will one time and see how it is. And if it's soy, and if it tastes like chicken, and it doesn't tear me up, then maybe I'll buy it again. That's not the story I was getting to, though. Now, I'm going to recite this from memory. Uh, this, is <laughs> this is bad news. <laughs> so stick around if you want to hear this. Um, so Hong Kong has had its own separate culture from China for a long time. Earlier in this week, I was reporting on this that they are systematically wiping that culture away and integrating them into China. If you listen to Wiggins America, you've heard me say these three words before, tolerance, assimilation, dominance. That's the way any two cultures come together. First, it's tolerance, then it's assimilation, then one of those two cultures is dominant. And that can be applied across time, across cultures. You can apply it to America. Currently, you can apply it to America the last 100 years. You can apply it to subcultures within our culture. Or you can apply it to two different nations. You can apply it to two different uh, religions within a region. It applies to everything. And it doesn't always mean the same thing. This happens differently, but those three phases are always the same. That's what's happening right now in China. What you have is they tolerated Hong Kong as a separate entity for a long time. They acknowledge that they exist. Then once 1999 was over and the Brit- British rule of Hong Kong came to a legal end, they tolerated them for quite a while too, but they started to assimilate. And it wasn't until just recently that that assimilation has turned into dominance. Now it was slow at first because that's the way it always is. That's the way these things always play out at the end though. You always have one culture that comes out dominant and that could be the subculture in a lot of cases. That's what's happened in America. The subculture itself has become more dominant than the primary culture and kind of dictates the way everything happens. And there are people probably listening to this show right now and hosting the show who get really frustrated with that in China what we're watching is it happening in real time where the dominant culture is mean and ruthless and they're going to stay dominant. There's no, the tolerance phase is gone. That's always the, at the beginning. And then it moves into assimilation and dominance. The assimilation phase that's happening right now that's moving into dominance is, is ugly to watch. And But we knew it was coming. What we don't, what we hope is not coming, is that that happens in Taiwan or places around it. But they have here's the news item: they have in the last couple of weeks, uh, Chinese police just went into independent journalists' office, and I think one of them was called Stand News, and the other was called Citizen News. If I'm getting, I might get that backwards, but I, I'm pretty sure the one they went into a couple weeks ago was Stand News. And what was? I didn't know that they even had independent journalism still in hong kong you got to be pretty brave to be doing that now and real brave to do it now because they just sent 200 police officers into the offices of stand news and just started arresting people based on what nothing they said well you crossed the red line you said things against the government that were dangerous to national security wah, wah. that means nothing that means we don't like what you said we're going to arrest you and throw you in jail and, and torture you and if anybody ever sees you again then you got lucky You're blessed. So in light of that, Citizen News was one of the only ones left that was an independent journalist. And I don't even know what newspapers are anymore. They're some outlet, okay? And they weren't huge, but they decided to fold this week because they can't keep people. I mean, they can't... What happens is this chilling effect happens where, yeah, they they didn't arrest anybody from Stand News. They did Citizen News or vice versa again. But the second one saw what happened to the first one and said, we're next. I don't want to go to jail. So they're done. That's what's happening in China. That's what's happening in Hong Kong. Hong Kong used to be a beacon of freedom. They are being destroyed. They are being dominated now by China. China is, uh, I will say this for as long as I have breath and as long as China is currently um, in the world doing what they're doing they're evil and we don't treat them seriously enough sometimes we get too afraid of them their economy is not quite as good as they say it is but we need to treat them more seriously and stop doing things like giving them the Olympic Games it's ridiculous people who say they care doing this stuff this is Wiggin's America. I want to get your thoughts on something this morning. This is Wiggin's America, 97.1. Thank you for tuning in. Again, a couple of topics to hit in this segment. One I want to get your thoughts on because I have I have a feeling that I know once I read the headline how you'll feel about it because I had the initial same reaction. So let me do that. The headline is Manchin, Joe Manchin floats modest Senate changes, as in Senate rule changes. So the key word there being modest, because he's not talking about necessarily altering the filibuster. Your initial reaction to that? Probably the same as mine. You go, nope, don't do it. But I looked into exactly what he's willing to change, and let me make a case for you here. So it says that Joe Manchin on Tuesday night floated smaller changes To the Senate rules, and they've been talking about this all week. Uh, Short of the filibuster reforms being pushed by Democrats, so Democrats are—I mean, it's—it's really awful the way the Democrat leadership in the Senate is doing this. Uh, And again, I'm—I'm approaching this objectively. This is something that even if the Republicans in Senate. Let's say they had a 50 seat majority, <laughs> which is the opposite of a majority. Uh, but let's say it was the, the opposite was true and you had a Republican in the White House, same Senate. So you had the same 50/50 split, but you had the tiebreaker going to Republicans. And they were saying, let's get rid of the filibuster. Well, first of all, you're not in a position to do that. If you're one seat short, you know you got 59, Republicans are 59 Democrats and you think, man we could get a lot more done like they did in 2009 um, right before Ted Kennedy died and they voted a Republican into Senate for for Massachusetts of all places because that health care law was so unpopular. <clears throat> Let's say we're in that situation, excuse me I don't I still don't know that that would be the right thing to do, but you could see how it would be really frustrating being one seat short or You're one independent short like they were at the time. The senator from uh, Nebraska at the time was kind of the tiebreaker. I can't remember his name. Um, But this is not that. There's no mandate here. This is people who barely, I mean, they have the most razor-thin majority possible, trying to ram things through. And you're not talking about little things. You're talking about massive changes to the way we vote. You're talking about changing the United States voting laws federally based on a carve-out. So what they're trying to do is alter the way—how do I explain this? Get past the filibuster only once for this one law so that they can change the way everybody votes that will benefit Democrats, of course— And then restore the filibuster back to normal, except for any time they also want to do a carve-out. So it's basically saying, we're going to keep the filibuster, except when we don't like it. We're just going to carve-out for this, and then carve-out for this. Well, effectively, that eliminates the filibuster forever. Because anybody who ever wants to get anything passed, who has a majority, is going to say, okay, well, we'll just do a carve-out for this one. For everything. Forever. That's ridiculous and terrible. Objectively, that's, that's a terrible idea. If you want to keep the filibuster at all, if you want to get, why not just get rid of it at that point? It's just dishonest, is what it is. So, anyway, these changes that Manchin is apparently okay with doing, that if he's okay with it, now you need cinema on board, but then you could have 50 senators and the tiebreaker of Harris voting for this, this could become a reality. Some of these things I'm actually okay with. Um, He says, first of all, I think the filibuster needs to be in place any way, shape, or form that we can do it. Great. Let's keep the filibuster. Boom. Uh, Cinema said the same thing. So the filibuster is probably not going anywhere. He said, though, uh, a rule change that he would be okay with seeing would be moving things more through committees. And the reason for that being, and I don't know if they have the idea of committees. I don't care about committees. But I'm sure they do, but we don't. That's all inside baseball. The reason they would do that, though, is that right now, if somebody wants to push an agenda item through the Senate and it doesn't, it, it can clear the filibuster. So let's say it's like a budget item, a single senator can stop things from happening. Maybe even that's judges. There's probably a lot of things that this applies to, that a single senator can stop and say, no, it has to go through this long process. Well, that eats up lots and lots of days on the Senate floor, and they're saying, let's reform it to where one senator can't basically eat up all this time. Well, as the minority party right now, I'm okay with that, because you want to delay anything that the Democrats are trying to get through that's bad, which I don't see much that they're trying to do that's good. And they're trying to spend a lot of money. Some people like that. I don't like that, especially when inflation is super high. But if they did this, you're probably saying, well, Ryan, why would you want to give Democrats that power? Well, I don't. Um, But they've already killed over a year of their 50-50. Take a broader approach to this. So you can disagree with me but but just take a step back for a second who do you think in the map that exists right now for the next let's say 10 to 20 years maybe even beyond that map the senate map of the united states benefits republicans i'm not saying you could never have a democrat majority right now you barely barely do and that was supposed to be a good democrat year 2020 right so going forward You're going to see Republicans in charge of the Senate more often than Democrats, just based on the map. Wouldn't you rather see Republicans be able to get things through a little bit quicker overall? or The Senate in general get things through a little bit quicker overall, and that would benefit Republicans more times than not. Makes sense, right? Here's one thing I do like. ...about what Joe Manchin's saying. He said he'd rather than do a 50-50 vote to change these rules, he'd rather have some Republican support. Generally speaking, when you talk about rule changes to a Senate or the House of Representatives or anything, bipartisan rule changes are best. And I mean that to Republicans, too. I don't just mean that it's something that we should only do when Democrats are in power and then say bipartisanship... ...and then when we're in power, do whatever we want. I think rule changes of the Senate... The best thing possible is to have them be bipartisan. Your thoughts? Let me know. You can contact me at Radio Wiggins. Yes, I'm still on Twitter. And I've been working on Getter. <laughs> we'll see. You can contact me on there, but I'm I'm working on making that my primary platform instead of Twitter. It's just it's just changing habits. But you can also contact me on Facebook or WigginsAmerica.com. Any of those spots are great. Let's get to this.
2: Wow, Wiggins America.
0: KFC is going to begin making plant-based chicken. That, that's not actually the item I was going to get to. I got a better one than that. But I wanted to mention it. I saw it as a headline. It's so stupid. And of course, if you listen to the Andy Fry Show, you've heard me talk about how I won free chicken for a year. Yeah. A KFC opened in our building, happened to walk down there at the right moment. I was one of the first 50 customers in the door, and I won free chicken. They say free chicken for you. This is how these things work. You know, they say free for a year, but really it's only on every Tuesday. You can go and get one of a couple different, <laughs> the worst meals. <laughs> so I'm not complaining, but it, the, the advertisement is a little bit bigger than the, the prize. Uh, but anyway, I go down there a lot because of that now. <laughs> and I will for this whole year. Cause I got it in November and, um, I, am, are you going to try plant-based chicken? This thing seems like an oxy, oxymoron to me. If it's plant-based, it is inherently then not chicken, unless you've figured out how to grow a chicken like a plant. It's not chicken. Will you try it? I don't know. I probably will. I'll try anything. I tried the Impossible Burger at Burger King, <clears throat> and uh, you know, I thought it tasted fine, but it tore my stomach up. I'm not going to buy it again. That's the great thing about these things. Who cares? Plant-based chicken. Go for it. Does it work? Does it kill people? No? Go for it. <laughs> then, <laughs> let the market decide. Uh, if people love it, then it'll succeed. If people don't want to buy it because it tears their stomach up on the backside, <laughs> then it ain't going to work. <clears throat> That's fine. Let's do that. The question is, will you buy it personally? I will one time and see how it is. And if it's soy and if it tastes like chicken and it doesn't tear me up, then maybe I'll buy it again. That's not the story I was getting to though. Now I'm going to recite this from memory. Uh, This is, (laughs) this is bad news. (laughs) So stick around if you want to hear this. Um, So Hong Kong has had its own separate culture from China for a long time. Earlier in this week, I was reporting on this that they are systematically wiping that culture away and integrating them into China. If you listen to Wiggins America, you've heard me say these three words before. Tolerance, assimilation, dominance. That's the way any two cultures come together. First, it's tolerance. Then it's assimilation. Then one of those two cultures is dominant. And that can be applied across time, across cultures. You can apply it to America. Currently, you can apply it to America the last 100 years. You can apply it to subcultures within our culture. Or you can apply it to two different nations. You can apply it to two different uh, religions within a region. It applies to everything. And it doesn't always mean the same thing. This happens differently, but those three phases are always the same. That's what's happening right now in China. What you have is they tolerated Hong Kong as a separate entity for a long time. They acknowledged that they exist. Then once 1999 was over and the Brit- British rule of Hong Kong came to a legal end, they tolerated them for quite a while too, but they started to assimilate. And it wasn't until just recently that that assimilation has turned into dominance. Now, it was slow at first because that's the way it always is. That's the way these things always play out. At the end though, you always have one culture that comes out dominant and that could be the subculture. In a lot of cases, that's what's happened in America. The subculture itself has become more dominant than the primary culture and kind of dictates the way everything happens. And there are people probably listening to this show right now and hosting the show who get really frustrated with that in China. What we're watching is it happening in real time where the dominant culture is mean and ruthless and they're going to stay dominant. There's no, the tolerance phase is gone. That's always the, at the beginning. And then it moves into assimilation and dominance. The assimilation phase that's happening right now that's moving into dominance is, is ugly to watch. And But we knew it was coming. What we don't, what we hope is not coming, is that that happens in Taiwan or places around it. But they have. Here's the news item: they have in the last couple weeks, uh, Chinese police just went into independent journalists' office, and I think one of them was called Stand News, and the other was called Citizen News. If I'm getting, I might get that backwards, but I, I'm pretty sure the one they went into a couple weeks ago was Stand News. And what was? I didn't know that they even had. Independent journalism still in Hong Kong. You got to be pretty brave to be doing that now and real brave to do it now because they just sent 200 police officers into the offices of Stand News and just started arresting people. Based on what? Nothing. They said, Well, you crossed the red line. You said things against the government that were dangerous to national security. Wah, wah. That means nothing. That means we don't like what you said. We're going to arrest you and throw you in jail and, and torture you. And if anybody ever sees you again, then you got lucky. You're blessed. So in light of that, Citizen News was one of the only ones left that was an independent journalist. And I don't even know what newspapers are anymore. They're some outlet, okay? And they weren't huge, but they decided to fold this week because they can't keep people. I mean, they can't. What happens is this chilling effect happens where, yeah, they they didn't arrest anybody from Stand News. They did Citizen News or vice versa again. But the second one saw what happened to the first one and said, we're next. I don't want to go to jail. So they're done. That's what's happening in China. That's what's happening in Hong Kong. Hong Kong used to be a beacon of freedom. They are being destroyed. They are being dominated now by China. China is, uh, I will say this for as long as I have breath and as long as China is currently um, in the world doing what they're doing they're evil and we don't treat them seriously enough sometimes we get too afraid of them their economy is not quite as good as they say it is but we need to treat them more seriously and stop doing things like giving them the Olympic Games it's ridiculous people who say they care doing this stuff